Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Have you ever heard of a dude named Mitchell Hollis? Of course you have, and he is here today to share his wisdom with you. Thanks for having me, Dean. Man, it's pretty cool to be back in the J Radio studios. I, fe- I told you I feel like I haven't been here in a month We've or two months. You know, we've, yeah. I was out of town a little bit, and then we did some recording at at another studio and so we're back here and i just i love this studio <laughs> yeah it's a, it doesn't seem quite as long for me because i was here with kayla in between yeah i think but uh yeah yeah it's been a while though even there yeah. even with that all right it turns out that runners are asked funny questions you ever been asked funny questions <laughs> yeah my wife recently told me that someone had asked her if i was okay because i looked like i'd lost a bunch of weight and they were worried about me being sick yeah well We're going to address that question and those kinds of questions in the story today. Uh, And then in Dean's thoughts, we're going to talk about the magic eraser. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, You know what the magic eraser is? Like the cleaning product? Yeah, the the, the sponge. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I think we've got one of those. Yeah. So before we get into everything, we're going to talk about one of our sponsors today. Uh, We can't do what we do without them. If you want to become a Run for God sponsor, reach out to to Lane, my son, runlanehollis at gmail.com. He'll get you all the information. But this week's sponsor is Superior Plumbing and Electrical. Uh, Superior Plumbing and Electric has the best service for all of your plumbing and electrical needs. They do commercial, industrial, and residential. They service Calhoun and all surrounding counties really here in, in North Georgia. You can find them on Facebook at Superior Plumbing and Electrical today. Tell them that Run for God sent you. Absolutely. Facebook post from last week, uh, Darlene Thaxton, another another one of those household, name. household names, yeah. um, and she, she wrote this, thank you, Lord, for a beautiful race today. The weather was very mild and mostly overcast, just perfect. Shelly, Paul, and I had a great 10K race. My arthritis was painful before the race. During the first mile, I thought I was going to be walking this race. Then God reminded me. Just run the mile you're in. I was so grateful for that reminder. It helped me get through the race and across the finish line. Across the finish line was the goal. God is so good. Last night I was missing the fact that my gym was not going to be here to kiss me and cheer me on before leaving for my race this morning. But God heard my heart. When I got up this morning at 3.30, I saw I had a text. My 22-year-old granddaughter remembered that I was running my race today and texted me at 1.30 a.m. to wish me luck on my race. You've got this, D, she said. This is also taking me out. Uh, she is also taking me out for a celebration lunch tomorrow. Is that not the sweetest outpouring of God's love? Hmm. She's, a, she's a special lady, Darlene. Yes, she, she is. Uh, um, she's, she's kind of in our older community. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, I I think of Darlene when I when I hear people say, "Well, I'm too old to do this." You know, I don't I don't know Darlene's age. Uh, we won't we won't go into that because she, she might send me a, a nasty email. No, she would never do that. 
But but she's just she's proof that age is just a number. That's true. I mean, at heart, Darlene is 25 years old. You're absolutely and, right. And uh, it's great to see her running. She's always sporting the Run for God gear. And, uh, yep. yeah, kudos to her. Yeah, some people would call these God winks. Of course, we that's what we call our, our text messages that we send out. But um, just where, where God just seems to be in the corners lurking going, you could use just a little bit extra punch today just to yeah. kind of get you motivated. And we see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it every day in the things that I do. So we took a little trip last weekend, you and I and Gay and Shannon and, and your cross-country team. We went and surprised uh, Angie and Patrick Hawkins. We're doing a little impromptu 10K down in uh, Cartersville, Georgia, which isn't too far from us. So we all hopped in the car and, and went and joined, it, joined them. And I had the chance to do something that I've never gotten to do and I've always wanted to do. And it's get the jump picture with Angie. Yeah. Now, she is very athletic, and she can jump really high. But I think I gave her a run for her money. Even though the pictures don't quite capture it, some of them. And Patrick, I'm going to throw him under the bus. He posted the one that didn't show me jumping quite as high. But uh, oh, is I'm going okay. to be honest. I was sore the next day. Yeah. Because we did it two or three times, and I'm not used to. <laughs> Angie's used to doing that kind of stuff. And, uh, uh. yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was what 15 20 people down there and it was uh i think it blew her away at, at how many people showed up and yeah uh, it but was, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun you know we, they they actually did a fundraiser for run for god through that yeah uh, raised quite a bit of money and, and we're just so thankful to them for that and and what they mean to this ministry so yeah patrick and angie if you're if you're listening thank y'all yeah hats off to you yep yeah, the, the, the college girls, we had to leave before the jump picture, unfortunately. That's right. You didn't get to see it. Yeah, we didn't get to do the jump picture. Well, I promise there's a picture out there that shows me higher than her. I'm pretty well, sure. I, the, it might I'll, be the camera angle. I don't know. All I know is the one I saw. And the one I saw. <laughs> it shows me standing almost on the ground. Yeah, it looked pretty, uh, pretty weak. But. Well, you know. <laughs> we'll do it again. We had a trivia question, um, and here's what it was. We all know about the African nations like Kenya and Ethiopia and how deep they are with fast runners. But there's a country outside of Africa that recently had a race where 42 men broke 210 for the marathon in the same race. For reference, the USA has had 21 break 210 all time forever. Who is that nation? So were you surprised by this one? I was. I'm I would have been surprised no matter the nation because yeah. that's just that's almost hard to believe. Yeah, you would assume that the United States probably at least was third. Well, you would but, think this course is short or something. I mean, that it just it throws all kind of questions up that that many people did it in the same race. Yeah, yeah, the Japanese. It's 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 Japan, and they've got a ton of them. And yeah. uh, it it's been a long time since they've really had a big impact on the international scene. But it sure looks like they're poised to begin to do that um, because they, they continue to get more and more depth in their marathoning ranks. Um, I remember Toshihiko Seiko back in the day. You probably never even heard that name. Never heard it. Um, but back in the early 80s, he was, uh, he was a big name, and he was one of the best in the world. And he would win the Fukuoka Marathon every year. And, um, you know, he would go to some of these fast marathons like the Berlin Marathon and, and even, even some of the American marathons and do well. Um, so, do you think this is a group of men who, do you think they're training together? Or was this just 
42 random people from around Japan that did this? Or do you think this is like a training group that they're really trying to poise to? I don't think it's one group. Okay. Certainly. I think so it's, it's not kind of, it's not like the, the Nike project or, you know, no. some of these projects. No. Okay. No, no, but. So but that there, makes it even more surprising. Yeah. There are a number of, of groups, I'm sure, training together. Sure. But this wasn't a group that, that put something together. And um, the, the thing you got to remember about Japanese marathons is that there are a lot of marathons in Japan that are very flat and very fast. Mm-hmm. And when you look in the United States and you see the biggest marathons in the United States, other than Chicago, the New York Marathon is very hilly. Mm -hmm. The Boston Marathon is very hilly. Um, The biggest races in the United States are hilly races. And so a lot of times we don't see the fast times because we don't have marathons. And and there's a lot more marathons to choose from. So, for example, in Japan, um, everybody's going to run usually – uh, one or two of these marathons, the same marathon every year. In the United States, well, you've got both New York and Chicago in the fall. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to choose one of those. Sure. Well, the New York is probably, they're probably both equally prestigious mm-hmm. at this point in time. And so which one do you run? Eh, probably the one you're most suited to. The but one you can get in. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and yeah. I guess maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's not all of it because they've had twice as many in one race as we've had all time. Right. But they also in in Japan, they have something called the Hokone Ekiden and the the Ekiden races in Japan are relay races. And these relay races are like our Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Like in in Japan, these are huge television events where everybody tunes in to watch these events. And if if you're on a team that wins the Ekiden, one of these Ekiden races, the biggest of the Ekiden races that they have. That's better than an Olympic medal to them. Really? It's just like somebody, you know, if a basketball, if our, if the United States basketball team wins a gold medal, that's great. Yeah. But if you're a big basketball fan, you'd much rather win the NBA championship. Sure. It's That's kind of the way it is for, for Japan. Hmm. So that's how big running is in Japan. Um, and marathon running has been big in Japan for a long time, and it's just, just starting to pay off. Yeah. Um, again, we'll probably see some of those on the world stage making a big impact soon. I tried to figure out how many 210 marathoners there were in like Kenya or Ethiopia and it's really really difficult to find that to find that number. Why is that? I don't know. Um but I I didn't really find a list of people, you know, per se. Uh so it's it's really kind of tough to tell. Um a lot of that a, a lot there's probably people in villages in Kenya that can run a sub 210 marathon that we don't even know about. That's that's just how deep they are. The thing about the difference between Kenya and Japan is Japan has a lot of t- sub two ten marathoners. They don't have a lot of two. They don't have hardly any sub two oh eight marathoners. You go to Kenya, and they have a bunch of two. They have a bunch of sub two oh eight marathoners. Hmm. So they're still faster and they're still deeper, uh, but probably not to the extent that we would have assumed. Right. Uh, and I would assume Ethiopia is probably a lot like Kenya. They're probably pretty deep, probably not quite as, as deep as Kenya, but probably pretty close. So they're probably deeper than, than Japan. But I would definitely put Japan probably third hmm. uh, in the world as far as as far as far depth goes. Wow. And of course, one of my favorite and your favorite Japanese runners is Yuki Kawauchi. 
You remember he's the guy that won Boston a few years oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That had to call had to call his boss and ask for another day off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he holds the he has the Guinness Book of World Records. He has run over one hundred sub two twenty marathons. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's um, that's crazy. That is just as impressive as somebody running a two hundred four marathon to me. Yeah, every bit is impressive. Yeah, a hundred sub two twenty. Well, bound to happen I mean, if you're running yeah. that mar- many marathons that fast yeah you're bound to have a really good day in one of those yeah but his 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 personal record is 207 sure which is well, fast yeah i mean it is fast but but it's he just loves to run marathons yeah and he's really good at at doing it over yeah. and over again that's it's amazing because so much can, he go can wrong. make a lot of money just traveling around because He's obviously got the body type composition to handle. Because a lot of people couldn't handle that. It's true. Most people's bodies couldn't handle that mm-hmm. many marathons that fast, even the professional athletes. So he could travel the world and make a lot of money just going around and finding these B races that have a good purse and just yep. going and winning all of them. Cleaning up. <laughs> yeah. Cleaning up, yeah. The current Japanese record holder holder is Kingo Suzuki. Have you ever heard of him? Mm-mm. See? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. He's run 204.52. And you've never heard of him. That is just amazing to me. Uh, the only American who's ever run faster than that is Ryan Hall. And he did it when they had that wicked fast tailwind in yeah. uh, in Boston that year. Um, so even the one that Ryan Hall did really has an asterisk next to it. And um, he'll admit that. He yeah. will. He does. Yeah. Very openly. Um, so this is a, it's a, fast, it's a fast dude. So you mentioned Ryan Hall. What about Sarah? Sarah's still clicking along. I mean, she won the Peachtree Road Race this past week. Um, that's impressive. Yeah. For, especially for her age. She's just, she seems to be getting has she turned? Has she turned 38 yet? She she I'm should be sure right, she she has, should be right around there. Yeah. 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 But I think she's kind of, she's kind of making all the naysayers out there. She's, she's quieting them down. Yeah. Because there really, were a lot of people just said, she's, she's kind of past that prime. I really hate that she had a bad race at the Olympic Trials Marathon. Yeah, because that that just seemed like she ran a a decent race at the uh, in the ten k on the track, right. but just couldn't quite hang with those ladies over the last couple of miles. Well, and you know we talked about this back when they had the Olympic Trials, and then they pushed the Olympics off a year. What what is the fitness of all the men and women who qualified? Gosh, going on. A year and a half, two years ago now. Well, we Th- talked about you know, that. They didn't redo the Olympic trials for the marathon, so yeah. that's a long time. That's a lot of water under the bridge. I, I would, I would guess that Sarah could be faster than some of those ladies now. I don't know that, but with that much time, that's a good possibility. You know, I would argue that Sarah was faster at the time. She just didn't have a good race that day, right? And uh, that's just part of the Olympic trials, sure. right? I mean, one of those, like, the lady that won the Olympic trials has had a baby since then. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. yeah. Um, you and know, d- she, you, you would have thought they would have redone, the tr- in a sport like marathon, yeah. where so many factors yeah. can make you slower. Yeah. Um, it's a tough choice to make. Do you redo is. it and kind of, you know, discount what they did in that race you know, because then you feel like you're well, kind of cheating them a little nobody bit. Nobody knew the whole world was going to shut down. No, man. they didn't. So, they didn't. You know, I, I don't know. It's That's a tough call. It really I, is. I could see both sides of it. I could yeah. argue both sides of it. Yep. Um, yep. 
but yeah, it's uh, it would no be question. interesting to see if they had another one today, who would be standing there. Yeah. Well, and talk about that. We got the Disney Marathon coming up for us, right? We do. We're going to be there. Yeah, we are. And uh, everybody needs to understand if you're going to run the Disney Marathon, we do not have a block of registrations. Uh, at one time, we thought we might be able to do that. Um, Disney is, uh, they're not the most friendly to us, and, and, and we just didn't get that option. So, everybody the the general registration is opening on july the 20th at 10 a.m now do i think disney's going to sell out that first day probably not but could it happen absolutely it Mm. could so you know i used to do this with iron man races um my son's elite races you have to be – I always made the decision to be sitting at the computer because I've, I've entered for Ironman races that sold out in six minutes before. Now, yeah. granted, that's 2,500 people. This is 40,000 people. Um, but still, I would be safe. I would have your credit card ready. I would be sitting at your computer at 10 a.m. on the 20th, and you should see it light up when it's when it's time to register. And, and just don't take any chances. Um, if you're in a job where you can't get away, maybe you can ask a family member to do it for you. You know, it's, it's, it's really out of our hands as far as the registration goes. All we're going to do is simply remind, remind, remind. We'll be sending emails out, text out. We'll be putting it on the Facebook group. Uh, but we want everybody to join us that can join us. Yeah, and if you're in that boat where you're going to have a hard time registering, understand I'm in the same boat sure. because that, that morning – um, we have an adoption process that we're right. going to be at in court. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to figure out how am I going to get registered in and around all of that. I don't know how the times, we don't know the times of our, our court date at this point. I may be sitting in court registering for the Disney Marathon. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to figure out how to make it work myself. So, well, I get it. If you're in that boat, I get it. Yeah, but. it's just the nature of some of these bigger races. Now, I will say that uh, we are already well into preparations for the Couch to Marathon 2022. Yes. Uh, we will not be graduating at Disney. Uh, we do already have a race in mind. We're not going to release that just yet. But it's a race that will be much more friendly. It's it's not as big of a race. Still, still a fairly large race, great destination mm-hmm. uh, that we're looking at. Um, but we'll have a lot more flexibility as far as registration, uh, you know, things to do when we get there. Um, you know, Disney, we, we had no idea this couch to marathon was going to turn into what it has. Yeah. Uh, so Disney was kind of that, you know, it was a good one for the first year. They can handle everybody. We know that, but now, you know, we've got a lot more knowledge and, and 2022 is going to be just as awesome or it's going to be more awesome. Yep. Uh, we're, we're, we're shooting for a big number. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll release what the, what our goal is here pretty soon. Um, I think, be a lot I of think fun. you've already released it. Have I? Yeah. If somebody has been listening to this podcast, they already know what that number is. Okay. Cause you've already told them. Well, I'm not going to say it again. Yeah. All right. We're, All right. We're still working on some details, All but, right. uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. And, uh, July the 20th, now, 10 o'clock AM. Eastern Standard Time is when Disney registration opens. So if you're planning to run it, get to a computer and get registered. Yep. And if you're enjoying the Couch to Marathon program, 
you need to start talking your friends into next year right now. Because if you don't start early, you got some people, you just got to wear them down. So you need to start on them now. Yeah. Well, and rest assured, you know, we see this with the 5K challenge. We see it with every challenge. There is a group of people in your sphere of influence. There is no doubt in my mind that they're watching everything you're doing right now. Yep. They're seeing your posts. They're seeing your runs. They're hearing your struggles. But they're seeing that you're continuing to do it. You're continuing to get out the door every day and do it, no matter your pace. Pace mm -hmm. is irrelevant in this process. You've got to understand pace is irrelevant. That's right. I'm not as fast today as I was five years ago. But you know what? I don't care. Yep. Because I'm getting out the door and doing it. Now, I've got some goals that I want to hit, but if I don't hit them, it's not the end of the world. I'll try again next year. Yep. But rest assured, there's a group of people watching you. And in the back of their mind today, as you're listening to this, they're saying, man, I wish I could do that. Well, you're going to show them that it can be done, and then we want you to go to those people, even though you may not know who they are, but you're going to open up the invitation uh, this fall and say, join me next year. Yep. Uh, th that's where the magic is going to happen next year because we have 1,700 people around the country that signed up for this year. Now, we, had, we have had some attrition, which we knew we would. Mm -hmm. um, some people had to back out for various reasons, injuries, you know, whatever it is. But I know those people are going to come back. A lot of them, year. for sure, and yeah. So we want you to go out and recruit those people and watch their lives be changed. Right along with yours. Right along with yours through what God's doing in all of our lives. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. You know, I talked to a guy yesterday, some, a guy, he's a copywriter um, out of Atlanta, and he, he was so excited. He's not even a runner, or he used to be a runner years and years ago. And he got so excited because he's going to help us with some of the text and the writing for this fall on the advertising. He was just beside himself. He said, I think this is going to be a new journey for me. I just called this guy to help us out with some copywriting. <laughs> and But when he heard the vision, when he heard what God has done this past six months already, when he's seen, he, he's on, he's in the run club group because he's kind of getting a feel for everything, and he's seeing the chatter, and, and he said, this is magical. And, I mean, that's just so encouraging to hear from somebody that is completely external to this ministry and how he caught the glimpse. Yeah. And it's pulling him in, which is what we're wanting to do with thousands more next year. That's, so That's sure exciting. There's a lot of people watching you know that. We're going to ask you to invite those people to join us in 2022. That's right. Start wearing them down now. As always, we're proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, and that's J Radio. Go check out the Run for God channel on J Radio. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store.
All right. So do you have questions? Do you have that little nagging thing that's bugging you? Or do you do you want to understand something just a little bit better? Well, you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. And we can kind of get to the bottom of whatever it is. Now, I may not know the answer, but I know where I can find one. Mm-hmm. Or uh, most of the time when I get emails, I have more questions. But you won't make one up. You won't make an answer. I up. won't make an answer up. No. We'll, no, go, we'll go get to the bottom of we'll it. We'll go get to the, Yeah, that's absolutely We may right. hash it out right here on this podcast. We, we might. may argue about it, but we'll come up with an answer eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We prob- <laughs> probably have argued about it. Uh, if you don't know about us, go to Run for God Run Club and learn more about what Run Club is about. If you just happen to be listening or looking for a podcast and you found this one, learn what Run Club is about. I think you'll find that it is well worth your less than $10 a month to be involved in Run Club and to get all the perks involved in addition to this less uh, than podcast. The, less than the price of a piece of bubble gum a day. Man, oh man, that's it's worth it. You can't, totally worth can't it. find a better deal anywhere. And we want you to share your story, too. Uh, we have folks that share their story. We're going to share somebody's story. This story this week is one that we, we received years ago, mm-hmm. but it's one we're going to share again today. And we think you're going to enjoy this story, but we want to hear your story. You have a story. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a number of times on here. We've all got a story, and we want to hear yours because it's going to resonate with somebody. So share your story at runforgodrunclub.com. And again, maybe you'd like to share your story live. We've had, what, five or six people who have shared their story here live, and we would love to have more because it's yeah, a lot of fun to do. It is. Yep. And that get, that lets us kick Mitchell out of the, the studio. Hey, I don't mind taking a back seat. <laughs> you know, it, while you're talking about story, I want the same gentleman that I was talking about, the copywriter that I was talking to yesterday on the phone, you know, he's a copywriter. He's a storyteller. That's what he is. That's what he does for a living is is he takes you know you and i are good with facts and this is what you need to do and but we're not we're not good many times at painting the picture the story of something at least i'm not and um one thing he said that really stuck out to me he said our stories are the universal language you know we were talking specifically about you know drawing people to christ and and you can you can preach to people you can share the gospel, and, and the Lord can use all of those things very effectively. But one of the most effective ways is your testimony. And all a testimony is is your story. Yeah. And it, it was so neat to hear somebody, because we, we talk about that a lot, but this is coming from a gentleman that does this for a living, and he, he understands the importance of your story in, in business and whatever it is, but most importantly— and talking to others about Christ because it comes down to the question, what has he done in your life? And there is a story there that's magical. You may think it's not. You may think it's vanilla. We we had a story on that a few weeks ago. Yep. But it's God's story, and he can and will use it in mighty ways if you share it. That's correct. Absolutely. Hey, don't you hate it when somebody asks you if you're if you're okay, but you're not okay? And you don't want to say you're not okay, but they ask you anyway. Don't you hate when that happens? Uh, it's a lot like uh, a non-Christian being faced with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. You get that uncomfortable feeling like, ugh. I, be, and why is that? Because we don't want to, whatever that truth is, whatever the reason is we feel bad, or if we're not in Christ's corner, or he's not in our corner, 
we don't want to look truth in the face. It's hard. It's hard to do. But it's uh, necessary. Yep, yep. Um, so I don't know if you've ever had anybody ask you, are you okay when you're perfectly okay? Mm-hmm. You know, one, I, somebody stopped me one day and they said, uh, actually, uh, they were introducing me to somebody else. And said, yeah, you, you know this guy. He's the one that's smiling all the time when he runs. And, and I thought, well, first of all, I thought it was a great compliment. Mm-hmm. made me feel really good to, to feel that people feel that I, I have some joy. I don't when I'm think running. I'm that guy. <laughs> but, uh, but the other side of that is, and there, there's another side to that, because if I don't have a smile on my face, people think there's something wrong. And sometimes I'm just thinking about something else and I don't have a smile on my face. Or sometimes it's just hurting really bad. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, yeah, when you're running, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Um, so yeah. And I just talked about how my wife said that somebody asked her if I was okay because of my weight. And that's yeah. kind of what we're the direction we're going to go because even though that person thinks, well, I wonder if he's sick, I'm healthier than maybe I've ever been in my life at this point. So yeah, this story comes from Todd Myers. He's from Oregon, Illinois. He's from two different States, I guess, yeah. Oregon, Illinois. That's interesting. Confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's called, are you okay? You've lost a lot of weight. It's a funny question that I get all the time now. Here's why. I've been a leader much of my life. As a former high school and college athlete, my school's football and track captain, I led by example. My, I grew up in church and lived a life free of the challenges that many teens and young adults encounter today. Fast forward 24 years and I found myself in a situation that many middle-aged men encounter. I was tired all the time, no energy, achy joints, overweight, and generally unhappy. I had no reason to be unhappy. God had blessed me with a wonderful wife. We stood by each other through difficult times of battling infertility and were rewarded for our faithfulness with two children through adoption. I felt blessed for the life I had, but I was still unhappy. The unhappiness had to do with what I had become. My once fit body was now an embarrassment to me. My body is God's temple, 1 Corinthians 3.16, and my temple had fallen in disrepair from years of neglect. Keeping up with my then three-year-old son had become extremely difficult. I watched my daughter play on the playground with her friends and their fathers because I was too tired to run around with them. It was time to do something. In July of 2013, I learned about a course that our church was going to offer. It was called Run for God, the 5K Challenge. I thought to myself, I might give that a try, but there's no way I'm running a 5K at the end. I expressed to my wife that I thought I might join the group, and to my surprise, she said she was thinking the same thing. I said to my surprise because she was and is in great shape. Even though my high, even though I was my high school's track captain, I never ran distance. I was a sprinter and took pride in the fact that I successfully avoided running any distance over a mile all through my high school career. I couldn't imagine running 3.1 miles. The day of our first meeting, I weighed in at 245 pounds. I'm six foot two inches tall, a big guy, an 18 inch neck. 48-inch chest, and 40-inch waist. I struggled through the first workout. A 60-second run was difficult for me, but I made it. Each workout challenged me enough to do good, but not enough to break my will. 
week after week, I stuck to the program. I found myself wanting and needing to run. It had become a time that I could escape my world and draw close to God. That's James 4.8. I also found myself shedding weight. I started feeling better. My disposition changed and my strength had been renewed. Isaiah 40.31. Not only would I soar on wings like eagles, but run and not grow weary. My first 5K was October 4th, 2013. By race day, I'd lost 40 pounds. I completed my race, but I wasn't done. I had been sharing my story on Facebook. I discovered that I had a large group of people following my progress, and many expressed that I had inspired them to start running. I was a leader again, leading by example. Since my first 5K, I've run two additional races and am registered for three more. I've logged almost 400 miles since I started tracking in September of 2013. My new goal is to complete a half marathon. I'm still 6'2", but now weigh 185 pounds with a 16-inch neck, a 42-inch chest, and a 33-inch waist. My dramatic weight loss has become an opportunity to share my faith and story with people I encounter through my occupation. I feel that God has given me these results so I can witness. God has used the Run for God, the 5K Challenge, to change my life. Others are now experiencing the program because of the change they see in me. I am now leading another class of Run for God 5K Challenge participants. That's a great story. I remember when he first submitted this story back years ago. I I love this story because... And it's funny that it talks about exactly what we just got done talking about. Yep. How many people were watching him Yeah. and jumped on board to get fit as a result of what he did? Um, we're actually, I'm actually friends with Todd on, on Facebook, and I pulled him up when, uh, this morning when I was reading through this. And, and he's still at it. I, I couldn't tell. I'm going to reach out to him and, and tell him we talked about his story, but I can't tell if he's running. But he's got a picture of a bicycle on his profile, so it looks like he may be biking now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but he, he still looks trim and fit. He looks great. Yeah. And uh, it's just awesome to see somebody like Todd who he, he was at that point in his life, like like he said, many, many people get to where you feel like you've just lost control of yeah. your health, of your body, of your fitness, you know, your connection with God. I mean, all these things tie together. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about that more in these questions. But it's just it's great to see that he it appears that he's still still at it. So kudos yeah. kudos to Todd. Amen. Scripture first Corinthians three sixteen. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? <clears throat> There's a lot to unpack here. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, I, as I was reading through this this morning, you know, think back to how the the Old Testament talks about temples. You know, early on it was a tent mm. that that they carried around from from place to place, and, and eventually it became a permanent building. Um, and it was the holy of holies. It's where it's where God dwelt. Um, but it's it's funny that Jesus changed all that, and specifically Pentecost changed that. Um, it's when God came down in the form of the Holy Spirit and he occupied not a building, but he occupied his people. And it's for this reason that we should treat our bodies 
with the kind of care and respect that people treated those temples way back then. You know, the temple, they were so intricate. They followed God's plan to a T. They took care of them. There was much, I mean, it was it was on a hill. It was, it was so well taken care of. And it's because of that that God uses that same illustration that's saying, we are now the temple of God, and we should be treating our bodies the same way that they treated those buildings, even more so back thousands of years ago. Yeah, I can't help but think about in, is it Deuteronomy, Leviticus, it's it's in, in the Pentateuch anyway, mm-hmm. where they talk about the tabernacle, mm-hmm. and, and, and God is very, very specific sure. about how to build that that particular structure um and he's very he, i mean down to the minutest detail and i i think about that in relation to this story because god has the same plans for us mm-hmm. he's got very specific plans for the use of our temples mm-hmm. just as he had very specific plans for those temples and the use of those temples and i i think that's that's pretty instructive and god was present and god was working in those temples until when until they decided to misbehave yeah um god god can always work in our bodies but what i like i said i I think all these things tie together when when we let our bodies fall into disrepair um when we're kind of air quotes misbehaving with our bodies you know not eating right not exercising just letting it fall into disrepair it, it affects every area of your life, mm-hmm. and that's why that's why this ministry to me is so cool because it, it ties it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, just just the the one act of just getting physically fit will bleed over into your spiritual life. It'll bleed over into your job. It'll bleed over into your marriage. It every all of these things are tied together, mm-hmm. and that's why God says that we're to take care of. Of these temples, yeah. The fitter we are, the better job we can do witnessing sure, for Him. Absolutely. Not just because in this case where God, people noticed right. Todd and and the change in his life. I mean, that's one way to do it. But it's also just pure energy level, sure. right? Just the idea that I've got the energy to be out there and to witness and to do the things that I do. Um, yeah, I mean, and it, and it requires lots of work, and that also includes what we eat too we talk a lot about our running and and all that but it also includes you know how do we what do we do tuning our body up and how do we fuel it and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing because that all leads to the to to all all tied together yep yep i i I think it's interesting because the only people that you have that mention this bible verse are people who are fit Mm -hmm. you know um but there's other bible verses we 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 all avoid you know, whenever I was in Sunday school class and teaching Sunday school class, nobody ever wanted to bring up anything about gluttony. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to hear that because we're all guilty. Well, it's, you, you just talked about it just a few minutes ago. It's yeah. it's facing truth. Yes. Yeah. And so many times we, we go to the verses that we know we've got that one. We've, we've got that one. Yeah. But it's the ones that we don't have a handle on that those just somehow, they, we, we don't write those down for our, <laughs> yeah. our verses to talk about. Well, and I'll tell you one thing that really bugs me, and this is this may be off on a tangent here, but one of the things that bugs me about this pandemic we've just gone through is that it was the perfect opportunity 
for us to drive home, not in a biblical way, but in a practical way, how important it is for us to stay healthy and to be fit. Because we saw the the disparate impact it had on people who were not fit. And we just let it fly right on by and didn't really capitalize on it. And I thought that was a big shame. James 4.8 says this, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. <laughs> that sounds uh, pretty pointed. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible that I was using when I was looking at this verse has a, a, a caption at the top of that section that says, Humility cures worldliness. I, d- I love that phrase. Hum- and it does. It will. It can. Um, and, and in the beginning of the section, it says, Submit to God. Uh, we have to let him have control. Um, it's the only way that we can um, recognize the why it's so important well, for us to do what we do. You put that. You put the the caption in your Bible in there. Submit to God. So I, I looked up. You know, we think we know the definition of a lot of words. I looked up submit, and, it, and it's kind of what I thought. But it's the definition in the Webster's Dictionary is accept or yield to superior force. Or the authority or will of another person. That is just not our human nature. No. Um, and that's probably one of the hardest things to. Adam and Eve had a hard time with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it started at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not our human nature, and it's even harder. Many times, um, I, I had a conversation with a gentleman a few days ago that he. He has a hard time wrapping his head around this concept of submitting to something that he can't see. You know, he, he's really mm-hmm. struggling with in the area of, of faith in God. And um, he said that he he believes, but he don't know if he trusts, and he for sure doesn't submit. Yeah. And that's kind of foreign to me to hear because I, I but I know there's plenty of people right there. And oh, so sure. I can't relate, but I can understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. But it's kind of one of those things if if you will submit, if you will trust, if you will have faith and take that step, then you immediately get it. Yeah. But how, how do you get those people in your life? And we all have those people in our life who struggle with this concept. And this is a person that's in church. Yeah. Um, the, some of those are the hardest ones that have the knowledge of what we're talking about, but they don't have the trust. They don't have the will to submit because that is hard. Yeah, I think we see that all the time, that there are people out there who are very smart people who have a hard time because they can't wrap their brain around it right. because it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And now that the, many times they look to us to help them make it make sense, and we will never make it make sense. Right. That is... That is the only way you're going to make it make sense is you allow the Holy Spirit to come in your life. Yeah. And that is the only thing that helps it make sense because. But you have to accept it on its face right. in order for that to happen. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I. Yeah. I mean, that this is a hard area, the area of submitting to something. You know, we talk about have faith. You know, and then we talk about the wind. You can't see it. You know, the chair. You don't know it's going to hold up but you have faith to sit down in it but that's very different than submitting yeah uh 
falling under somebody else that because it, it even says in this in this uh, definition submitting to a superior force well God and the Holy Spirit is the ultimate superior force um, but yeah that's a tough one yeah I, I, it kind of made me think about the conversation I had a few days ago and um, yeah pray pray for that gentleman he's, yeah. he's somebody in my life that is really struggling here amen and uh, God can God can work it out but we've got to we've got to be the example absolutely Philippians 1 6 being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ I think that is one of the most um, edifying verses in the Bible. Just this idea that God is constantly refining us, that he is constantly working to make us better and to draw us closer to him. We have to do the submit thing we just talked about in order to be there. But as soon as we become Christians, he begins that process. And I look back at when I became a Christian, and I look at my life today, and I look at how, I mean, the, the, the difference is stark. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is huge. It's almost as stark as the day you started running to today. It's very similar, isn't it? Yeah. It is. But it took a lot of, a lot of things in between sure. there, highs and lows, mm-hmm. in between there, for me to be where I am today. And the great thing is, is looking at that progress, just like if you're a young runner and you just started running, you can look out and project that I'm going to continue to get faster. There is a point at which you level off and you can't get any faster. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen with God. He is going, as long as I'm, as long as I'm submitting to him, he is going to continue to refine me over and over and, and make me better Every year of my life, if you if you ever look back from one year and you look at your your life a year before and you're not closer to God, mm-hmm. it ain't His fault. Right? It's it's something. And He He is continuing to refine you in spite of what you do and that's, what you think. That's and right. Yeah, there's comfort in you. Talked about the, you know, you you have a pinnacle in running, but you don't in your your faith walk with Christ because the bar has been set and it's a bar you'll never reach. Right. We can never be Jesus. We can never be Jesus. You know, no matter what some other people may say, we will never be Jesus. And that is comforting to me because I can get better and better and better all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome just to even think about it. Uh, questions? What does it mean to you that you are God's temple? (laughs) Anytime I've seen a question like that, I I put it in the... I think about if you loaned me your truck, human nature is I want to give that truck back to you in better shape than than I borrowed it from you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's... That's, I hope that's human nature. Now, some people don't actually do that. I've, I've loaned some things out before, and it comes back, and you're like, why did I loan that thing out? Yeah. Uh, it just come back trashed or dirty or whatever. But for most people, human nature is if, if I borrow something from you, and it's I borrow your truck, and it's dirty, and it's on half a tank when you, you give it to me, I'm going to fill it up and go get it washed and, and deliver it back to you. 
that's exactly how we're to look at our bodies. Yeah. Our bodies are on loan. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's of the Holy Spirit indicates that it's they're not ours. It's a vessel that we're using. It's a ve- I think we've even talked about this before. I'm, I'm having deja vu all of a sudden because I <laughs> yeah. we talked about the call wash thing before. Yep. Um, but it's a great analogy in that we're to constantly be improving our bodies yeah. so that we can improve our witness. And, you know, there, there's so many parables. You know, I think about I don't know why I'm thinking about this all of a sudden, the parable of the talents, you know. God is handing us something at the end of our life. You know, Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. He was saying, God, I took this vessel. I took this temple, and I did all I could with it. And hopefully I'm giving you something back that is more valuable than when you gave it to me. Yeah. And But so many times we don't look at it that way. And I don't understand where the breakdown, and, and I do it too. You know, when, when I go get a, a bag of Doritos or whatever, and I'm yeah. not saying that we're, we're not getting into a diet discussion here. Right. Um, because my diet is probably, it's not good. It's not terrible, but I should put more of an emphasis on my diet because I should be thinking just like the fuel in your truck when I borrow it. But I should it, be thinking that way. Is it better than it was 10 years ago? You think? No? Um, my fitness... No, I'm no, your weak. fitness isn't, but but your diet. Is yeah, your di- it is. Yeah, your it diet's is. probably better. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like I've, I have just like we talked about. I've improved spiritually over ten years. Yeah, you know, I, I I say it all the time when I talk about why me in this run for God. You know, I say I didn't know the Bible as well as I should, but I'm working on that. And the great thing is, we're never going to know the Bible as well as we should. We yeah. can always be working on it until right. the last day. But we should always be prepared to hand the keys back over to God because yeah. we never know when our day is. That is that's right. So just like if I had your truck and I don't know when you're coming back, I'm always going to have it ready Yeah. because Dean may come back today and I want to hand him his keys back to a washed, <laughs> clean truck full of gas. We should look at our bodies the same way. Yep, yep, yep. And you've borrowed my truck before, and I can vouch for that that's exactly what you do. So, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm kind of a stickler on a clean vehicle. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And so much so that uh, this past week you, you called me and asked me if you could borrow something that I had. And uh, <laughs> it had been sitting for ye- Go th- ahead and tell him. It was a bike. Probably three years. It yeah. was hanging in my garage. I mean, it was so thick with dust. It was so nasty. I pulled it down off the wall, and I was like, I got to at least spray this thing down before I hand this thing over. So I went outside and sprayed it down, and it just wiped it down just a little bit. Just It was still dirty, but it was. But I feel good that that concept is rubbed off to my son because when we left to come here, what was he doing? Yeah, that's he was cleaning it up. He was cleaning your bike because he's the one using it. He's actually right. the one that borrowed it. Yeah. And the first thing he did was clean it up. Of course, he's a bike snob and he's yeah. racing that bike tonight and he wanted it to be look good and you know, all that kind of stuff. But well, and I, I you know, I, I've thought before about selling that bike and now as soon as he gets it all really in looking really, really good, it'll be the perfect time to sell it. <laughs> so <laughs> appreciate that, Lane. 
uh, this worked out great for all of us. Uh, <laughs> but think about this, okay? If you're out there and you're thinking about your body as a temple and you're thinking about what you put into your body, think about this, okay? Would you go into a church service? Our temple is our church, mm-hmm. right? We go into the church service. Could you imagine pulling a candy out of your pocket, unwrapping it, and throwing the candy wrapper on the floor? Mm-mm. You would never do that, Mm-mm. right? You would never, on purpose, trash the house of God, right? right? Well, when and that's you, not actually the house of God. Right, right. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, yeah. But but the point is is that we're going to take care of, of the place that we go, right. and we should take care of our bodies. And so when you pull that bag of Doritos out, think about when you pull— Man, you're going to be stomping on some toes here, Dean. You pull the bag— I agree with you 100%. <laughs> pull the bag of Doritos out. That's just like— you know, not not uh, not cleaning up behind yourself at the Man, church. Man, you're ruining that Reese. You know, my <laughs> favorite treat every once in a while at night is a Reese and a glass of milk. And yeah, I'm never going to look at that Reese the same now after this conversation. Well, the Reese has an awful lot of sugar in it, but it does have some peanut butter in it, and chocolate does does have some good properties in it. Yeah, I I. Yeah, I don't think it's all it's, about moderation, right? Yeah, it is about moderation. Yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah, and don't hear in in my heart, don't hear me telling you it's bad to eat a bowl of ice cream. That's not what I'm saying. Um, we just have to do those things in moderation. Be smart about it. Sure. And overall, it's it's okay. We you know we're we're we just started last night trashing our um, sanctuary at our church, getting it ready for vacation Bible school. Oh man, our church is doing the same. It's, thing. It's it's going to look where our 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 church is going to look like a Mayan temple. Is what we're gonna is is the the idea of what it's gonna look like. So that gives you an idea on the big boulders and stuff all over the place. Our church is doing the same look. What is the what is the curriculum you are using? Is uh, it? Same, probably the same stuff. I can't remember okay. the name of it right now. I think it's probably head. the same thing we're using. Probably so. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun. We we uh we painted huge boxes yesterday and it was fun. All right, how do you draw near to God? You got to be intentional. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you fail to be intentional, before you know it, you're making boneheaded mistakes. You're, you're falling into that sin that just makes you so mad. Mm-hmm. You know, why did I just do that? And the beauty is, what I love, what I what this is a double edged sword. What I love and hate at the same time is when I make one of those boneheaded mistakes. The conviction is almost immediate. Yeah, that's comforting. Number one, that I'm, I hope that I'm walking back close to God. But man, it's immediate and it is harsh yeah. at times. Yeah. And I was thinking this morning, it's kind of like when you were a kid and you do that thing that you know, you know, you're not supposed to do, and you hoping nobody sees you. And as soon as you do it, you feel that heat coming on you, like somebody is standing behind you. Yeah, and you're like. You, nobody even has to say it. You're like, my dad's standing right there. And somebody's going, <laughs> your friends are all going, yeah, he's standing there. It, it's not comforting in that way because that was not comforting after the fact, yeah. usually. Um, that wound up with a, a hand of the derriere a lot of times. But it, it, it is. It's, if, if, you're, if you're being convicted quickly, know that that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, no, it's not a good thing that you did whatever it is you did. And it's not good if it happens often. Often. But 
you you should take comfort in that that mm-hmm. you, you know God is standing right behind you. <laughs> yeah, I mean He always is, but sometimes yeah. we move away so far that we don't feel that conviction. Um, but we have to be intentional. I mean, we have to we have to wake up each morning and ask God, God, keep me away from those things. Keep me away from doing that. Keep me away from eating that, from saying that, from having that attitude. Because when we stop being intentional about that, that's when those things creep back in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I said, there's there's comfort in that situation, but it's also a terrible, terrible situation. It's not a situation you want to be in. Yeah. Well, and talking about being intentional in a little bit different way and a little bit different direction is is this. I, nobody accidentally draws closer to God. No. It ha- if you're not intentional, then you're not getting closer to him. Um, there has to be intentional conversation with him, study, whatever it is. You've got to be intentional in, in moving toward him. Um, and then I think when you do that, and, and again, back to the question of how do you draw near to God, I think we get a lot closer to God when we use whatever God-given talent he gave us in some way to glorify him. Um you know, in my case, my my talent is running. Well, most people it most people got something way more useful than running as their talent, but um, but that's that's what I that's what I've got. That's mm-hmm. what I do, and that's and I try to use that for him, and and I do in a lot of ways. And sometimes I fail miserably, but um, whatever your thing is, I think about a lady at church who, at everybody's birthday and everybody's anniversary, she'll buy some little gift, and it's. It'll be a, some kind of little dollar store item. It won't be much. And you won't care that it's not much. It's the idea that she thinks you're valuable enough to go out and do something like that. And uh, that's her gift is she makes people feel good mm-hmm. by, by doing these little things. And, and whatever yours is, th- mm-hmm. God gave you a gift. Now, I don't know how many people I have talked to have said, well, I'm still looking for the gift God gave me. He gave you one. Mm-hmm. He gave you, and he once again, back to intentionality. If you're intentional, you'll find it. Yeah, I mean, the the opposite of intentionality is accidentally. Yeah. And the only thing we can do by accident is conform to this world. Yeah. You, you can you can default. You can you can just go through life and conform to this world. And God is very clear. Jesus was very clear. Do not conform to this world. Um, we we have to be intentional. Whether it's whether it's running, you know, you have to be intentional. You can't accidentally become a good marathoner. It just yeah. doesn't yeah. happen. You can't accidentally uh, get to the point where Paul was at the end of his life and say, "I fought the good fight. I finished the race." That was done intentionally, not accidentally. So if if you're if you're one of those people who go through life and you're just saying, well, whatever happens, happens, you know, let's just all sing Kumbaya, you're going to accidentally conform to the world. Yep. And that is, I mean, he was very explicitly, Jesus was very explicit in saying, do not do this. So basically what he was saying, and I'm, 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 I'm stretching it a little bit here, was do not do things by accident. Yeah. Be intentional about everything you do because it takes intentionality. It takes discipline to do anything great in this world, to be a great follower of Christ, to be a great runner, to be great at your job, to be a great parent, to be a great husband or wife. You have to be intentional. Yeah. And if you just go through the motions, 
it's not going to be good. Yeah. Wow. Last question. How will you witness to someone today? The T-shirt's a great way to do it, mm-hmm. right? Just having the Run for God T-shirt on and going, you know, and, and just people just commenting on, that's kind of how you got started with the whole the whole thing was the idea that I wanted to witness. And so wearing a T-shirt. and But, there, you know, there's obviously tons of opportunities to speak up. That's well, a, it's a good one. But the T-shirt is. But we have to, and I, I say this, I think I say this in Chapter 10 of the 5K Challenge. I, I, I say that these T-shirts are a great witnessing tool, but I say that with a great word of caution. Yeah. Because it can be a terrible witnessing tool at the same time. Yeah. Because our attitude, actions, sportsmanship, whatever, have to back up what's on the front of these t shirts. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we're just if we're acting like a terrible person and we have a run for God t shirt on, that's gonna work in the opposite way. Yeah. Now, God can use it however I'm not saying God can't use this T shirt on a person that's acting horrible. Um but your actions have to back up what you're saying, you know. And and a good example, and you know this guy, and I'm not going to say his name, but I, I've got a friend, and he, I call him a friend. But he's just one of those friends. He's a great guy. I I don't he he is not a believer. He's a great guy, but from every indication I have, he's he's not against what we teach he's not against christianity he's just not one um and he's one of those guys that he has a pretty filthy mouth i mean it's not in it's not like in hate it's just how he talks yeah and i'll never forget he come up to me one day at a race he said mitchell i love those run for god shirts he said will you get me one i was like (laughs) yeah and i got him one and i saw him like at the next race and he was wearing it i mean i was like yes he's wearing that shirt and then he comes up and he's cussing like a sailor and i was like i was so conflicted yeah (laughs) yeah and so you know that that's probably a bad example but you get my point yeah no if if your actions and attitudes and sportsmanship and your work ethic and all this stuff doesn't back up the way scripture tells us to live our lives then it could do it disservice well I told this story on this podcast where I was running by somebody and their dogs kind of accosted me and I said yeah. some words I didn't want to say. Yeah. And there's a 90% chance I was wearing a run for God shirt right. when I said what I said. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what I'm wearing 90% of the time I, I, when I'm running. And, um, and I don't remember if maybe that's part of the, the conviction. It after was I that left quick there. and immediate conviction. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, and it was. As soon as I left that place, I'm like, that that's was a good sign. That was wrong. That yeah. was wrong. But uh, yeah, you, the, these shirts have. Um, it's kind of like having a Jesus sticker on the back of your vehicle. It is. It is. I mean, you really think about it. It really holds you accountable it to. Does. How are my driving actions? It's, it's good for me. <laughs> conducted. Good for me. Um, yeah, you've been out before too. When you talk about witnessing to somebody, you've been out with Mark Yoho. I have. Did you see the thing recently where there was it was a political thing and uh, there was somebody out there protesting and then there, there were protesters and there were pro and for and against and, and there was a preacher out there and one of these crazy people walked up to him and hit him in the face with a skateboard. Um, there's going to come a day in our country where it's going to be more and more difficult. Mm-hmm. If we continue down the path we're headed now, I feel like, and this is all opinion, 
that we're going to get to the point where it's going to be hard to share our faith. Yes, but I think that's why it's so important that we start embracing Paul's teachings. Absolutely. That 100%. we need to embrace it. You know, you, you said, Mark, and I'm going to tell this story. I may have told this story on here before, but one time, Mark— I don't think you have. I know which story you're going to tell, and I don't think you've told it on here. Well, no, there's two stories. It's okay. You're probably thinking of the other. Anyway, Mark usually comes and does our races. He'll he'll come with his 10-foot cross. Mark is a, a street evangelist, and he— he is what you think of when you think of street evangelists. Mark is a big guy. He's probably 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I mean, he is a tower of a guy, a force in any crowd. And But he does. He, he travels to Super Bowls. He travels to NBA championships, and he goes out on the street, and he preaches. I've, I've went with him before, and it's, it's incredible. Whatever con- perceptions you have of street preachers, go, go out and do it with one, and, and you'll forever be changed. Anyway, he usually does our races, and one of our races that we used to do was at J-Fest, which is actually J-Radio. It's J-Fest. It's the festival that they put on. And so he come, and he was part of the race. Well, he decided he was going to hang around the rest of the day at the festival, and he has his paint board, and he he does a gospel message through painting for kids and things. And uh, at the end of the day, I went up, or, or maybe it was the next day, and I was talking to him, and I said, how'd it go? Did you like it? You know, whatever. He said, I didn't like it. I said, what do, you, what do you mean? It's a great festival. He said, I didn't get spit on. I didn't get hit. I didn't get stuff thrown at me. I didn't get uh, beverages poured on me. Not one time. <laughs> and I was like, well, good, number one, because you were at a Christian music festival. But it just goes to show he understands that you have to get to that point in some instances to reach people. You know, the story that you're probably thinking about is he was, I don't remember where he was, but he was at some, he was in downtown somewhere. Um, and he had a guy come up to him and was just verbally abusing him, mm-hmm. calling him every name in the book, just wouldn't get out of his face. And like I said, Mark, Mark can take most people down very quickly. He's a big guy mm-hmm. and he's a strong guy. And he's got a rough past years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he could take you down in a minute. And this guy was just on him, on him, on him. And he said, out of nowhere, another guy come in and just pushed him, hit him, whatever, and knocked him down a hill that that was behind him, knocked him all the way down it. And when he got up, he looked, and the guy that was braiding him, you know, just – verbally assaulting him was taken up for him yeah the guy that actually hit him the guy that was verbally talking to him was saying hey what are you doing this is crazy and he said it was just it was a pretty incredible sight to see that and and mark's really the one that made this message really hit home for me because we used to have so many people that would attack run for god through social media usually it's behind the veil of technology but he said those people the people that will assault you verbally like that are the biggest opportunities those are the people that are in the most conviction people Mm -hmm. they're just apathetic and and don't care they're they're lost and they're they're but the people that will verbally the people that will come out of their way to attack you he said those are the ones i love to see coming because those are the biggest opportunity number one they're the most conviction 
and as verbal as they are, if you can, if you can turn them, yeah, they're going to be just as verbal on the other side, like Paul, exactly like Paul. Yep. And Mark really changed my way of thinking. And you know, I still don't like it when people verbally come after us, but but the way I look at it is very different now. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying. I haven't gotten to the point Mark has where I'm like, bring it on. Yeah. You know, I haven't quite got there yet. I hope I will one day because that yeah. is where Paul was. Yeah. He's like, throw me in prison. I'll talk to the prisoners. You know, whatever you want to do to me, I don't care. I know where I'm headed. And I don't know how we got off on that, but well, it's just a great, I mean, you, you, you made the point that it's going to get harder and harder. And, and it's, it, it, it brings home the idea that, we need to be following closer and closer to the teachings of Paul. But I also want to come back around to this, that we don't have to share in that kind of environment. God is not telling us we need to go out and preach at a Super Bowl. What he is telling us is— For some people he is. Yes, for some people he is. But for the majority of us, he's just telling us, share with your family. Share with your friends. Mm -hmm. Share with your people at work. Share with people who you've come to know, who have some trust in you, and and share with your heart. That's all he's asking for. He gives us all ministry. He absolutely In some way, form, or fashion. Yours and mine right now are are talking to runners. Yep. For some people, it's it's talking to people who've had abortions. For some people, it's it's Mark Yoho, and it's going out and, and really getting talking to the people who are hostile to the message yeah. because that's the people that he encounters yeah the people that come up to him are either thanking him for what he's doing or it's the extreme opposite yeah and for mark that's his ministry and he'll tell you you know some people have asked why i don't preach on this or that or that hot button topic he said god has made it very clear in my life up to this point i'm to preach the cross yeah and for you and me it's parallel in the cross in the sport of running or the walk with Christ in the sport of running. and But you said it a while ago. He's given us all a talent. Yeah. And he's given us that talent to use to bring people closer to him. Amen. While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so the Olympic Games, they're coming up soon. What do you think are the most watched sports in the Olympics? Did you know this? I don't know this and I'm not even I'm not even I didn't look over this part. The so, top the top 3 sports in the Olympics are gymnastics, I would have guessed swimming that. and track and field. Those are the three biggest see that. Olympic sports. And I think that's fascinating because those are three sports that are not big any other time. I mean, I watch yeah, track. I never and, thought about that, but I, that is true. I watch track and field because I love track and field, and so I'm going to watch it when it's on. But 
most people, the average American watches zero track and field between Olympics. Most, but people, we'll, most people don't know what the Diamond League is. That's right. But, but they know what the NFL is. That's right. And the NFL's not even in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to go all the way down to the sixth most popular sport before, before you find a popular team sport, and that's basketball. So I, interesting. I, yeah, I think that's uh, that's interesting. So why do you think sports like like basketball? It's so it's it's so exciting, and and people watch it so much outside of the Olympics. But in the Olympics, they can take it or leave it. And then you get sports like track and field, where people are just enthralled by it in the Olympics. But then you know when gymnastics is on, and it's not the Olympics, I don't give a rip. But I will watch gymnastics on the Olympics. Why do you think that is? Isn't that isn't that strange? You think it's just it the is. whole? I've never thought about it, but it is. We, I guess it's it's we're cheering for our team. Maybe that maybe that's what it is. Yeah, Be- but basketball's in there too, and I, I don't know if I've ever watched a basketball game in the Olympics. But it's because I don't watch basketball. Period. But, but it's but, not your team, right? So somebody right, who's an it's NBA not our team fan is to know as we know it. Yeah, right. it's almost like watching an All Star game which is different than watching your team. And I know it's the United States, but that's different than the team that you follow all the time. It probably feels weird to you. I don't know. Yeah, I think, but I think a lot, I think that is the draw. Maybe that is the draw. Now that I sit here and think about it is, you know, a lot of these sports like gymnastics. Now I'm not saying these other sports don't have this, but not quite to the extent of some of these, but like gymnastics track and field not as much swimming definitely but you get to hear these people's journeys yeah it's it's these it's these individual sports that you get to hear these incredible journeys of Mary Lou Retton when she started when she was three yeah you know or you know all these there's stories like that in team sports but it's a team sport so you're talking about the team yeah. Not specifically an individual, but with these others, you get drawn into the stories. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about triathlon here in a little bit. That's another Olympic oh, sport. Oh, good. That that's is the not, greatest Olympic sport. It's it's not very big, but uh, I don't know why. It ought to be. It ought to be a lot like track and field. Well, it's but, not that old of a sport either. That's true, and that that's probably a good portion of it. Seventy-eight. Yep. Nineteen seventy-eight. All right. It's time for Dean's thoughts. Take it away, Dean. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. So, have you ever used one of those magic erasers to clean dishes? I have not to clean dishes, to clean a wall. They're pretty. They work pretty good on sheetrock. Pretty amazing, aren't they? Are. they? Yeah. Well, this one's called magic eraser. I like to drink hot hot tea. I've been doing it since I was a kid when I picked up the habit from my father. I drink I drink tea nearly every day. Nothing fancy, just simple black tea. These days I like it with honey and almond milk in it. I'm not the cleanest dude in the world, and I often just rinse my cup out after I use it and let it dry. Over a few days, it'll get pretty stained. It has been pretty bad, and I have scrubbed and scrubbed and trying to remove those stains. I'll start with a brush and some soap and water, and even though the brush is really stiff, it won't work on the stains. 
And then I'll reach for an abrasive sponge and I'll scrub some more. Still nothing. Finally, I'll get a magic eraser sponge. And it will take a little bit of elbow grease, but it will make that cup look like brand new. It's not nearly as abrasive as the other things I try, at least to the touch, but it does the job. I guess it's in the name. It's magic. I wish I could use a magic eraser in my running sometimes. I'll get in a rut and I'll feel like a dirty teacup when I run. Every day, I just don't feel like I'm running. I plod along at a slower than normal pace and it feels like I'm putting forth more effort than usual. My body feels stale, stiff, and I think about taking a day off. But then a funny thing will happen. I'll run with someone else and we'll run at a pace that is either faster than my normal pace or close, and I'll feel fine after the first couple of miles. Or I'll get out my compression boots and use them to refresh my legs, and the next run is great. Why the sudden change? I think it's mostly mental. Our brains are so busy convincing us that we're tired and that running is hard that we manifest that feeling sometimes. Oh, some of it is definitely physical too. There are times when I feel flat and I'll get on the track to run much faster than an easy run and I'll feel much better the next day. I think it's a little like what we used to call blowing the soot out. When a car would start to run sluggish, we would push the accelerator pedal to the floor and get the engine hot and revved up and blow the extra deposits out of the carburetor. <laughs> I know. What's a carburetor? <laughs> I think that's what happens in a sense when we run hard and we don't feel like it. We're kind of blowing the soot out. We have magic erasers for our running, but in each case you must force yourself to run outside your comfort zone to use it. Whether it's running with someone else who will make you run a little faster or just forcing yourself to run fast, it's a matter of undoing what your brain is trying to limit and getting a longer range, mo range of motion in your muscles. The implications for our spiritual lives are clear. In the 17th chapter of Matthew, Jesus takes Peter, James, and his brother John up on a mountain where he was transformed into a bright white figure. They're in the presence of God, and Jesus rids himself of the dirt of the world when he is outside of the world. One day, those who have chosen to follow Jesus will be cleaned with God's magic eraser. Whether it is your running life or your spiritual life, it is no fun when you feel like a stained teacup. If you find yourself there, don't just keep scrubbing with an ineffective brush. Get out the magic eraser, and it may just go away. We'd rather feel like a clean sheet just placed on our bed right out of the dryer. Nothing is better than clean sheet day, other than redemption day, that is. I love clean sheet day. I know, it's That's awesome. That's a great story, Dean. Yeah. Uh, you've seen my teacup. They yeah. are disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you left one at my house one time, and Holly was going to wash it, and she's like, I can't wash this. Yeah. It won't come out. Yeah. I think she washed it maybe two or three times, and. Yeah. Yeah, and then I got I got it clean after that. Did you? But it takes some work. And you have to if, well, you can't do it without one of those magic erasers. You you can't do it. <laughs> those magic erasers they're ma I, I looked this up cuz I want I was curious. How do these things work? Cuz they feel like pretty close to a regular sponge. Mm -hmm. But these they're made out of melamine is is what the the sub the things are called. And and um it's why they're 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 magic because this this open cell structure is is different than any other it's it's a weird structure that's movable mm -hmm. 
But the, the structure itself and the stuff that's in the structure itself is harder than glass. Really? And so it's hard to believe because they're, like I said, they're soft when you, when you touch them. Um, but they also, because they're like glass, that means they're brittle. So they wear out really fast. So if you've ever used a magic eraser, you realize that you can only use it a few times. When I use that on one of my teacups, that's pretty much the end of that, that one's hmm. lifetime. Really? Um, because it, it's like an eraser on a pencil. You know, you turn it over and you can use it, a, you can use it several times, but then eventually you just wear it off. Yeah. It's kind of how, that's kind of how the uh, magic erasers work. I never thought I would learn this much about magic erasers. Yep. And you can use that same material for things like soundproofing and insulation as well well when you said melamine that from my building background i, I want to say that that is in some insulate like blown insulation i want to say that that's one of it may be the things in fiberglass and melamine i don't know it would I, I, i'd heard that word before melamine it would make sense yeah it would make a lot of sense okay. yeah wouldn't you like to be able to just erase, take a magic eraser out and erase some of the workouts that you have? Yes. Yeah, like that one we talked about here several weeks ago. Yes. Yeah, where you felt like you had to go back out and do it again. That was terrible. <laughs> uh, that was not smart. Uh, but have you ever had one of those days where you just you weren't feeling it that day? You know, you didn't feel good, but you were like, I'm going to run at this pace anyway, and you just kind of force yourself into it you feel like you're forcing a square peg into a round hole but then you find out feeling better that you feel better afterwards and it's more i'm gonna go out on a stretch and say it's always mental for me it's it's usually well the fact that you're what if you push through the fact that you're able to do it says that it is mental right that's um, exactly right because yeah i you know i, I told you I, i'm kind of on my trip back to running i said that the legs have been great the legs have came back just no problem the lungs are lagging a little bit behind you know that's that's but the mental side it's way that's back. the last to come back yeah and it's because you know there, there's a sermon in here somewhere but you allow yourself you allow your mind to become soft over time of of not running not pushing yourself like i did for a year and that's your body is going to always come back quicker than the mind. It's funny because what do we say when we do that? When we start something back up, we'll say, well, a lot of times you'll hear people say something like, I don't remember this hurting this bad. Right. But it did. Yeah. You just got used to it hurting just, that bad. You, yeah. It got easier to deal with. You got, yeah. you got tougher. You got more grit. That's right. Grit is something you can lose. Yeah. And yeah. that happened. And uh, yeah. yes, I'm trying to get it back. I will get it back, but it's taken me a minute. I had one of those workouts yesterday where uh, I've been trying to get a workout in for two weeks, and just schedule and everything that's going on. I just, it, I just didn't have the. I, I don't want to say I didn't have the time. I had, I could have forced it in somewhere, and I didn't. Sure. Yesterday, I forced it in there, and I did it. And I've been feeling a little stale over the last week, ever since we got back from vacation. And uh, man, I felt so much better. My legs were a little, little weak. From doing yeah. a hard workout, but I felt so much better afterwards. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I always used to talk about and you're the same way. We love extreme conditions sometimes yeah. to do a workout like when it's storming or snowing or whatever. Because that helps that mental side. 
Yeah. You know, you get done with those and you're like, I am hardcore. I have got so much grit. I'm tough. And and that helps you. I mean, that bleeds over. That has a lasting effect yeah. on workouts to come. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm convinced that's why, you know, coaching these athletes that we did and, and some of them who have continued, you know, I look at Lane, you know, Lane, we've talked about on here before, and Lane knows this. He's Historically, he has not been the most talented person. But we have thrown the kitchen sink at that kid over the years. And mentally, he's just bulletproof now. Yeah. And that's taken him a long way. And, um, yeah, I need to break out the kitchen sink for me right now. Cause, <laughs> um, but it's coming. It's it coming. is. It is. And then one day, God is going to use the magic eraser on all of us, and we're all going to go from that dirty, dingy, nasty teacup to a brand new mm-hmm. vessel all in one. It's just going to be like, boom, there yep. it goes. It's going to be awesome. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so uh, what's going on in the triathlon world with the Olympics coming up? Do you know all these people who are in the Olympics? Um, I know a few of them. I know some of the paratriathletes that you talked about. I know Taylor Nib. Um, Taylor, Taylor's, <laughs> she was actually, uh, she came through the junior ranks. You know, when Lane was in youth elite, Taylor was in junior elite, and I got to know her a little bit. I got to know her dad pretty good. Um, great young lady and just, Man, she's one of those, she's quiet. She doesn't say much. She's not really on social media. But she is a force to be reckoned with. I'm excited to see what she's going to do. I mean, she's she's already won one or two WTS races. She's only, what, did you say, 23? Yeah, she's 23 young. years old. Yeah. Um, and uh, she qualified in, in Yokohama. Yeah, but she won she, that. She's she yeah. She is a force to be reckoned with. I'm... I'm I'm excited to, yeah, to it's watch gonna, her. going to be exciting. But it's really cool how um, you talk about Morgan Pearson on here, um, how USA Triathlon is taking their weakness and they're putting people with them to train with, like, uh, um, golly, bump, I just Chase McQueen is a great swimmer. He's one of the – he's one of the – he's in the project podium. Uh, he's actually – trained some with Lane, you know, when they are in town in Atlanta. Uh, but Chase is an incredible swimmer. So they have moved Chase out to train with Morgan. Oh, wow. Uh, because they they see the importance of they want somebody that can kick Morgan's teeth in in the swim because they understand 
he needs to get faster in the swim so he needs to be training with somebody specifically that's faster than him in that discipline so it's kind of working twofold you know it's upping chase's game tremendously because he's training with the guy that's going to the olympics but it's also helping the guy that's going to the olympics it's helping his weakness specifically to train with somebody that's faster than him in the water and uh so yeah it's, it's going to be i think the the usa field um of course we're, we're taking a little bit hit because we lost gwen you know she yeah. kind of went to the world of of the running world running didn't, didn't work out she great went for to the dark side um <laughs> uh, but she won gold uh and uh so yeah it's it's gonna be fun but the 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 usa team is is definitely got a lot of potential coming up the next several years yeah as i understand it uh the women of course you got taylor nib who we've already mentioned but you also have Su- summer rapaport mm-hmm. and katie zafaris mm-hmm. and katie's been around for a long time katie actually she, dominated the past few years she's, yeah she's had a rough year this year um but she she really come in behind gwen and and took the reins and and did great with it yeah of course she was good when when good when gwen was there she was still yeah. a top three or yeah, four in the world kind of yeah went gwen i still scratch, scratch my head i mean she won gold she just absolutely dominated that last year yeah and then she said i'm gonna switch to running yeah um which i don't get it i respect it but you know well especially at this point now in hindsight yeah, it's like yeah you, you shouldn't have changed yeah um, which she still she'd probably still be at the top of the triathlon world if she'd have stayed there yeah yeah. And, and we'd be talking about a gold, another a second gold medal for her. Right. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. So those are the three women, and then Kevin McDowell is the other, um, the other guy for the, for the men. Um, so we've only got two men. Yeah. Um, Kevin McDowell is an interesting story because he had a diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma mm-hmm. in 2011 um, before getting over that. And, and getting back in a triathlon so what a great story that is yeah right um you mentioned how young taylor nib is um uh, morgan pearson he's 27 so he's in the triathlon world that's not real old no that's kind of in the sweet it's, spot yeah um, yeah um for the running world that would well i guess that's probably in the sweet spot for running too yeah. um in the gymnastics world that's ancient yeah well the, and people ask me all the time because you know Lane kind of has, you know, a loose goal of of being at this level one day. But, you know, I always say, is is Lane going to be trying out for the Olympics this time around? I'm like, no, he's he's 18. And they're like, well, what does that matter? And yeah. for it's the same reason you don't see 18-year-olds. I mean, you do see the occasional freak of nature in the Tour de France, but it really comes down to your quad muscle. Your, your quad is, is your biking muscle. And that is a muscle that develops, it continues to develop into your mid-late 20s for, for guys. Yep. And uh, that's a very important muscle to have. Yeah. <laughs> to race it, especially in the Tour de France, uh, when it's all about the bike. But um, triathlon hinges a lot on the bike. Yep. And um, so, yeah, so it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it is going to be fun to watch. Now, traditionally, the women have been, and United, as far as the United States goes, the women have been better than the men. Sure. I mean, it's always been that way. And I think it's interesting, and I don't want to, we're not going to get into politics here, but there's a reason why all of the, you take all of these, these sports that, a lot of sports that we've just even not long ago started being a part of, and women are, 
in the United States dominate a lot of sports. And there's a reason why that. And that's because women are treated better in this country than they are in most other countries. They're celebrated. They're celebrated. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, uh, and that's, and I, a, that's a good, I mean, that's a testament to our society as many as, as bad as some people say it is. I mean, it's, that's yeah. the truth. I mean, yeah. we, there's a lot of people out there who, who believe, you know, the reason why we won the first women's Olympic marathon is because at that time we were one of the few countries in the world who believed that women could run a marathon. Right. <laughs> a lot of other countries were like, ah, oh, it's just too much for women. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. We have a trivia question for this week, and I, since we're on this whole, um, like we've, we, well, I'll ask the question. The United States has won only one gold medal in the, in the triathlon, um, and I think a bronze in triathlon. Who was the person to win gold for the United States, and which Olympics was it? I know this one. You know this one. You know this one for sure. We so, may have already given it away if you were listening close. If you were listening really close, you may <laughs> have heard. Um, yeah. So send that answer to dean at runforgod.com. Not to messenger. Not, not to customer, customer service. service. Not a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> dean at runforgod.com. Yep. Every week we share a reason why running is so awesome, and this week my reason is nature. We get to be closer to nature, right? You're both seeing it and experiencing it. Um, there's something primal just about the whole idea of running that's that's different from many other sports. You know, cycling is great. I love cycling. I think cycling is a great sport. But you have a machine that you use for mm-hmm. it. Um, so many of these sports, there's there's external things that you use. In running, it's just about running. In swimming, swimming is a lot like running. It's just about swimming, although swimming is a little less natural for us than other animals. But Hey, I'm going to go down a pig trail just a second. Yeah. Because you said cycling, and we talked about the Tour de France. Have you been watching the Tour de France? I haven't. Sorry. Well, you know the name Mark Cavendish. I do. So Sprinter. Mark Cavendish has not been in the Tour the past two or three years. Everybody said he's oh, done. I didn't realize that. He's done. He's washed up. You know, he dominated. He got within four wins of Eddie Merck's all-time 30-something stage wins. stage wins of the Tour de France. And they said he was done. And said he was done this year. And some kind of obscure team said, we'll take a chance on him. Picked him up. And they're only halfway through the Tour right now, and he's won three stages. Wow. So he's one stage away from tying Eddie Merck's record. And I think he's going to do it. Wow. He, you can see it. I mean, he was crying like a baby that first win. You can see the determination to prove everybody wrong. What a great story. And yeah, you need you need to start watching it. I it's, do. It's really made the tour exciting this year because, I mean, that's the reason we watched the tour years ago was Peter Sagan and Mark Cavendish and duking it out for the, the green jersey. But uh, it's just a great redemption story that all yeah. the cycling world counted this guy out, and he's like, "Oh no, I'm not done." I've looked for. I'm having a hard time finding it. The Tour de France. Yeah, it's usually NBC Sports. It's in you? the morning, but then normally you can go back and you can watch the recording. It. I can't yeah. find the recording really anywhere. Yeah, yeah it you, plays in the morning, then they play the recap at night. 
Yeah, I may, kind of the two-hour version at night. Yeah, um, need to watch. But just a great—it's a great story. It if anybody cool out story. there is listening and yeah. doesn't follow the tour, um, man, it's just—it's been fun to watch this year to watch him because I mean he is just beside himself every win. He, you know, used to be very cocky. I yeah. mean, he had a mouth on him, and he was good, and he knew he was good. He's been humbled the past yeah. three years, very gracious and grateful, and like I said, crying at the finish line, and it's just, you can almost just see the relief melting off him. Wow. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, to tie Eddie Merckx? Yeah. Wow. I think he's going to beat him. That's, I mean, there's several, there's five or six more, maybe more than that, five maybe eight or ten more sprint, sprint stages, stages to come. And he's just cleaning up. I mean, wow. the one he won day before yesterday wasn't even close. He may be um, – They call him the Max Missile. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. So it, He may have already won it by the time everybody listens to this. Yeah. He may have already done it. All right. The motivational thought of the week is a quote from a triathlete. One of Se- my favorites. Sebastian Keenley. Yeah. From Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, of course he's a long distance triathlete. He's mm-hmm. different than uh, he wouldn't he would never be in the Olympics because he he does a different type of triathlon. But he's a world champion in the Ironman mm-hmm. and twice in the half Ironman. So um, good guy. And this is this is his quote: "Your body drives you to the finish line, but your mind makes you cross it." It's funny that's the quote you use because you know why I like him so much, don't you? Why is that? Because Several years back, nope, I, I take that back. I'm thinking of Jan Ferdino. Yeah. Um, Jan Ferdino, a few years back, he, he 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 was just having a bad Ironman World Finals. And, and he had dominated several years up I to mean, this dominated point. dominated and, and, and still does very good today. But he was just having one of those races that almost every professional athlete would have just pulled out of. Yeah. And rightfully, no, I say rightfully so, because I don't believe it. But I understand where, you know, save it for another day. You don't have it. You've got sponsors. you gotta, you got to keep that body fresh for the next race. Most professional athletes would have just mailed it in and pulled out, got in the car, and went home. He was having a horrible race. There was no chance of him winning. And so he just started hamming it up. Yeah, he started running beside age groupers and high fiving them, and even coming down the finish chute, he was just hamming it up with the crowd. He took a very bad situation because what I always say, what makes me cringe when professional athletes pull out, and like I said, I get it, but yeah. I don't like it, is that what does that say to that person back there running that's going to finish an hour behind Jan Ferdino? Yeah, what well, he's gonna he's gonna make fifth. He's gonna win fifth. And that's not good enough, so he's going to pull out. I've never liked that kind of mentality. That's not Jan Ferdino. And I know that's not who we're talking about here with this quote, but yeah, he, he took a bad situation, and he won thousands of fans over with yeah. that, that act of character that he had there. So No question. But I love Sebastian Keenley, too. Yeah. Incredible yeah. biker. Yeah, he's, man, he gets on that bicycle, and, he, man, he is like a machine. Yeah. God, he's fun to watch on the bike for sure. Yeah. Because he'll go, and when he passes people, what's amazing about him is when he passes somebody, he doesn't just ride by them slow. He makes a statement. <laughs> and he goes by Well, them. I mean, he'll tell you, he, he wants to break their wheel. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Anytime when we used to tell the kids that, don't, yeah. don't ease by somebody. Yeah. 
get, get a little gumption and make a statement because yeah. there again it's the mental it's yeah. the mental you're trying to break them mentally that's right so. all right everybody you're doing great keep it up keep up all the good work and uh, keep shining God's light wherever you go all right may God bless every step of every run go out there and shine your light good job Dean For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.